Super Talk Mississippi media production. We continue our trek down Mississippi State schedule from back to front. We are at Kentucky, which means our good friend John Hale from the Lexington Herald Leader will join us. We will still not talk about any Premier League soccer at this time. I will let you know when I am ready to resume those discussions with you. They are not. That's not today, though. Let's talk about about Kentucky. You know, Kentucky and Mississippi State are kind of mirror images of each other in, in a certain way, in that they're consistent. You, you, so you kind of know what you're going to get with them year in, year out. They they tend to overachieve most years. But there's always like that feeling with with State, at least, and I'm going to ask you if it's that way with Kentucky, where they're just like one step away from being bad again, where you're going back to the bad old days. I always have that fear for Mississippi State. With Kentucky, have you just reached a point with Stoops that you just say, now ah, you can count on Kentucky. They're going to win six, seven, eight games this year. I, I think in the current environment of the SEC that is true whether that stays true when Texas and Oklahoma joined the league I don't know I mean obviously it stayed at eight games for 2024 Uh, their 24 schedule uh, is pretty favorable even though I mean we will see the end of this Kentucky Mississippi State annual rivalry but other than that it's basically the same schedule as they would have had in the SEC East prior to the last expansion so that part of it seems okay for them. But if we get to a spot where the SEC is playing nine conference games when you don't have that SEC East, you know, a down East to fall back on, uh, when you don't have Mississippi State as your every year opponent from the other division, you know, you could have years uh, where it works out that you're playing, you know, Georgia, Alabama, um, you know, LSU, Texas A&M, teams like where you could play a, a very West-heavy schedule. And that, situation i think kentucky would still have to prove that they could handle that and get to bowl eligibility i mean there's a reason that their administration is so vocally maybe the most vocal of the sec schools in favor of staying at eight games Um, so that is something to see moving forward obviously with nil and the transfer portal you're only one bad offseason away from having a completely different roster so i don't know that we can say for sure that any of these mid-tier programs are are that consistent but in the current format, given what they've done in the portal the last three or four years, you feel good about Kentucky at least staying at that level for now. It feels like you've been listening to things that I say about Mississippi State and an eight-game schedule. It really is something. Yeah. Let's look at this team from a season ago. You know, again, and go back to 2021, Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator at Kentucky. That's a good offense. They averaged well over 400 yards a game. They were efficient. Will Levis, you know, people were starting to – that's where the draft buzz really started for him. Cohen goes to the NFL for a year, and that offense, it really fell apart. You know, Levis was a lot more inefficient a season ago. Uh, they just weren't as good. They weren't good up front last year. Cohen back now. To, you know, it's the one-year leave in the NFL. Now he's back in Kentucky. Does it? Does that mean that it's the, the, the instant return of what he was able to do two years ago? I think you hope that there's at least something close to that. But I, I think even Cohen would tell you, that had he been here last year, that offense was going to have some questions. I mean, uh, even more important than you know losing Wondell Robinson, who was there, who in his one year at Kentucky in 21 broke the school record for catches and receiving yards in a single season. They lost three offensive linemen from that team who were in NFL camps, including their center, Luke Fortner, who started every game for the Jaguars as a rookie. So they had a bunch to replace up front, and that was always going to be an issue. Now, I think if Liam Cohen had been here, he probably would have been better suited to scheme around that. 
Uh, I think certainly Will Levis would have had a better season going from year one to year two in the same scheme, being able to build on that. But if the offensive line was bad and he was going to get hit so much and be injured, that was still going to be an issue. Uh, now with him back, they did a bunch of work in the portal on the line. You hope some of their young guys have progressed. They brought in Devin Leary from NC State to, to replace Levis at quarterback. I think there's a real argument that Leary is a, certainly a better college quarterback than Will Levis already. He's not anywhere close to the pro, same pro prospect that Levis is, mm-hmm. but his production at the college level has been better. Whether that translates from the ACC to the SEC, we'll find out. And he's had plenty of his own injury issues that's going to be a question until we see him stay healthy for a full season. But with the young receivers getting a year older, um, the work they did in the portal, I think there's plenty of reason to be confident that they're at least going to be better than last year, whether they're as good as they were in 21. I think the jury's still out. Then on the other side of the ball, I, I don't think people realize how good this Kentucky team was defensively a season ago. They were the number two total defense in, in the conference, number three in scoring defense. They were able to bring pressure. They, they, they were just good. I mean, and you know, with Stoops as the head coach, you kind of expect that, but – what about this season? Can they equal that kind of production? Can they be a top two, three defense in the conference this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think with Kentucky's defense, it's a lot. I mean, we hear about system offenses all the time. I think that they have a system defense. I mean, they just are what they are. They can kind of plug and play at this point. They don't get overly aggressive, but they play a style, especially with the complementary offense with, you know, controlling the clock and some of those things that helps them be really, you know, really productive overall, but certainly statistically, I will say that even though they lost, you know, a fair amount of starter level players from last year, the general vibe from the staff is the younger guys who are filling those holes are probably more talented players than the guys that replace. I mean, in the middle of the defense, you lose DeAndre Square and Jacquez Jones, your two, you know, super senior inside linebackers. Well, they were injured for half of last season anyway, and the two guys who are replacing them, Trevin Wallace and Derek Jackson, were much high, more highly touted recruits, uh, have plenty of college experience at this point. They're really excited about that position group in particular. So there's, I'm sure there will be some, you know, maybe some early bumps as some of these young guys get, you know, hoisted into bigger roles. Uh, but they are who they are on defense now, um, and I, I think that that's just, it's just a it's just a top twenty, top twenty five, top thirty caliber defense every year. When we get to this game in in early November, you might have the two best all purpose players in the league on the field: Barry and Brown for Kentucky, Tulu Griffin. For Mississippi State, one of the big storylines down here in Starkville has been new offense. How much more can they involve Tulu Griffin in the passing game, in the running game, uh, and all over the field because they feel like he's their best playmaker? What about Brown and Liam Cohen's offense? Can can they find more ways to get the ball into his hand? I think that's a very interesting storyline to watch because it felt like the second half of last season, in particular, with all of the offensive struggles. No one around the program could say anything negative about Barry Owen Brown. And even you want to throw Dane Key into that, who's also a sophomore receiver who's you know had a really good freshman season. Because of at a program like Kentucky with the transfer portal, you're always worried about traditional powers coming in and poaching your players. They just everything in the second half of the season was about getting Barry on the Brown the ball more, finding the NIL deals for him, setting himself up so where they could keep him around. And once they got that accomplished. This spring, there was almost kind of a reset with Liam going here talking about, well, he's still got a lot of work to do as a player. He's got to get better at running routes and doing all the little things that really good high-level wide receivers do. So that part of it, I think, is still a challenge for Barryon, and they're going to push him to do all of that this summer. If he does it, he can certainly take another step. 
But they have other good receivers on the team with key, as I mentioned, Tavion Robinson, who was a, a transfer from Virginia Tech a year ago. They thought was going to have a Wandell Robinson type season, and he has been pretty upfront since the end of the year that he basically kind of pouted and went in a hole when the ball wasn't coming his way. So maybe he bounces back. They got a bunch of tight ends that they want to get involved. So it's not going to be all on Barry on Brown to, to carry the load there in a way that, you know, Wondell Robinson did two years ago, but they certainly will try and find some ways to get him the ball in space. And I think Liam Cohen is, is obviously a good enough coordinator to do that. And he will be a huge part of the return game uh, as long as teams kick it to him. When you look at last year for Kentucky, I mean, you have definitely have to say they, they underachieved a bit, especially if you looked at my predictions, I had them second in the East. I thought they might win nine or 10 games. Uh, a season ago. This season, if if I had to settle it between bounce back, a step back, or status quo, how does this season play out for in your mind for Kentucky? Yeah, I think it's a bounce back in the term of they will be better than they were a year ago. Um, I'm not ready to say they're going to win 10 games like they did in 2021 by any means, but it it just feels like there has been this reset. I mean, in the post-game press conference after the Music City Bowl when they got shut out by Iowa, Will Levis, Chris Rodriguez didn't play in that game. Uh, Mark Stoops, like basically the first thing he said when he came out was there was just something that felt off all season that just wasn't right, and we've got to get back to who we were. He obviously made the coordinator switch, firing Rich Gangarello and bringing back Liam Cohen. That's step one. But he talked a lot in the spring about resetting some of his own offseason priorities, changing the way they did workouts and stuff to reestablish that identity. Uh, there was one spring practice where he was not happy at all with their performance and came out and called called them entitled, to use that word. So I think they did not handle success well last year. I mean, you can go to SEC Media Days every summer for Kentucky and seemingly write the same story about nobody gives us any respect, the world uh, isn't giving us enough credit. That wasn't the case last year because people like you and me were picking them second in the East and telling them how good they were and ranking them in the top 25 preseason. And they frankly didn't handle all that very well. Well, it's going to be back this summer to people counting them out because you had your chance to prove it and you failed. You know, people are going to say, oh, this is this is same old Kentucky again. So I think that chip on their shoulder will help them. I think the work they did in the portal with Leary and, you know, the offensive linemen and some other key positions, positions, you know, puts them in a pretty good spot roster-wise going into this year. The schedule this last year of the current format, um, you know, has, uh, you know, there's plenty of difficult games. The second half is harder than the first half. But if Leary stays healthy, this can definitely be an eight or nine win regular season team. If he doesn't, this could be a team that struggles to make bowl eligibility. So it basically comes down to that for me. It really is. It's sort of the end of an era when Mississippi State and Kentucky. This will be the final meeting for who knows how long when they meet uh, early November uh, here in Starville. John Hale, Lexington Herald leader, man, always appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.